Welcome back to another installment of Galley Stories. I'm Mark Kaler. And today we've uh, hooked quite the catch here. We've got Jeff Crane, the captain of the FV Sovereignty. Hello, Jeff. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Right on. So, Jeff, this is, of course, unscripted, so we can say whatever we want. But I Well, I hope so, because I just stopped by and I have no uh, idea what to say. <laughs> yeah. so. I've asked a couple people uh, questions about what I should ask you. Right. And one of them is to tell us how you first got started in the fishing industry, because yours is a little more unique than some of the other captains in the fleet. Gotcha. I started really early. I started when I was 16 and a half. So, you know, what led up to it was a whole bunch of crap. I mean, I wasn't rebellious youth, pretty much. So I quit school. I had a friend that a friend that went up to Alaska one time, and then he, you know, he, he started talking about it. And we were young and lived in Burien right south seattle in the 80s just hated school hated things that were going on with me and it sounded great so i decided to go up and i so i signed a contract with with the company for um when i was 16 and a half i had to get a note from my parents it was with clipperton seafoods i think which was what it was but anyway it was a signed a contract for four months for two dollars and ten cents an hour and i got a thousand dollar bonus if I finished the four month contract. So that was my contract. That was it, so I flew up, right, and it was it was January 1982. I think it was 82, it might have been 81, but I think it was 82. January of 82, whatever. So flew up, left Seattle on a Revolution plane. As I remember, this was a long time ago. Left Seattle on a Revolution plane, four prop plane, straight to Anchorage. Six hours. Wow. Right? And that's back when everybody smoked on the plane. Engines right next to you. Engines right now. I mean, louder than shit. No hearing protection provided. Yeah. 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 And and 16 and a half. And smoking. Everybody smoked, right? (laughs) On the plane. So Uh just brutal. And you weren't smoking at this time, right? 16 and a half? Uh, I don't think I was smoking cigarettes at that time. I was smoking, but yeah. It wasn't cigarettes? It wasn't cigarettes, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, long flight to Anchorage. And then I don't even remember what the flight was to Dutch, right? But it was probably Revolution 2. But we had to stop in Anchorage for sure. So so then we get into, we fly into Dutch Harbor, Which, snowing like crazy. Was that was that runway gravel at that time? It was. It was, it right? Because it, yeah. it was the first time I flew in there. Yep. And I was, I mean, scared shitless. You were right over the water, oh, about just, to just drop I right in. I had no idea what I was getting into. Right, right. right. So we land in Dutch Harbor, snowing like crazy, get out, and, and at that time there was just this little building there, Pen Air building or some air pack, I think, or something like that. Some old company there. Little tiny place. Everybody piles off the plane, goes in, kind of filters out. Guys come grab them, you know, big burly crabbers. Everybody's running around and everybody leaves and there I am standing at the counter and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. I'm like clueless, you know. So I walk up and and they're like, what's your name? Where are you going? And I'm like, Accutan? They're like, oh, okay, well, you got to go on the goose. So I'm like, all right, I got to go on the goose, right? <laughs> so this guy not comes knowing, up. Not knowing at all. Not knowing anything, on. yeah. So this guy comes up, and it's just him and me. We jump in the goose, and he takes me. We fly off the runway, start heading over, and it's shitty out. I mean, it's crappy. It's snowing and blowing sideways. and I think I was wearing a leather jacket and parachute pants, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Right? Parachute pants. Yeah, had a little Michael know, had Jackson a, action had going a on. Frick, had all the business going in the back. <laughs> all of it. Long curly hair, you know. And there I am, and 
So we land in Akitan, and in Akitan then... Now, wait a minute, now the goose, though, that lands in the water. It lands in the water. Okay, yeah. so... So that's my first experience with any of that So you're stuff. on this plane, getting ready to take off from Dutch Harbor. Yep. You're on land at this point, right, because yep. it's got wheels. He rolls it off into the water, and mm -hmm. you're just thinking, what the hell's going on? Mm -hmm. Just him and me. Right. And you can't did see you, did anything. Did you get a co-pilot seat, or did you have to yep, sit in the... Yep, got the co-pilot oh, yeah. seat. Okay. Yep. So, and I had one little bag of stuff, you know. I mean, it just clue, just ter just unbelievable, you know. So you were totally scared. Clue, was, scared yeah. out of my mind. Right. No idea what I was getting into. And that's not even the worst part. So then we land on the water in Akitan and pull up to this gravel bar, right? Akitan looks completely different now. But back then, this was when crab was at the height, right? It was right before the crash. So Akitan was just loaded with barges and skiffs and stuff going all over the place. But the plant, that trident plant, was pretty small. There wasn't much there. So we pull up to this gravel bar, and he pretty much says, throws me up, throws my bag out on the beach, and says, somebody will come get you in a minute, and took off. Seriously. <laughs> and it's foggy, it's snowing, it's crappy. I got my parachute pants on. 16. I got my mullet going. You know? <laughs> 16 and a half year old 16 kid. 16 and a half year old from, kid. From Burien, With a Washington. note from my parents. With a note from your parents. Saying I can work. He's standing on a beach in Alaska, yeah. Akitan, Alaska. Akitan, which is Alaska. Like, just about as bad as ADAC, especially yeah. at that point. Yeah. You're, you're in the middle of nowhere. Unbelievable, right? Okay. So, so there now, I am. Now so the maybe I'd seemed like an hour. It was probably 10 minutes. This skiff pulls up. One guy in the skiff says, hey, you, Jeff? I'm like, yep. Throw your shit in the skiff. Throw it in the skiff. We take off, and we go a couple hundred yards down the bay to a the Speedwell. The MV Speedwell was the name of the boat. It, I think it's up in the slough up here now. Or maybe it got dismembered, I don't know, but it was a 180-foot Japanese trawler that was converted into a processing ship, right? So it couldn't fish. It was just, it processed at that point, and it processed king crab. So pull up to this thing, and there's home, right? And it was freaking horrible. I mean, just, <laughs> just unbelievable. So you the found room. yourself on a processing line. Yep, got myself on a processing line, butchering crab for two bucks an hour. Okay. Started out gutting it or, or uh, you kept gilling thinking, it. You kept thinking about that thousand bucks at oh, the yeah. end, right? Yeah, it was yeah, it was big money for me. You yeah. Know? yeah, two bucks an hour back then was, I mean, it was I, it was nothing. I got a feeling we could build an entire podcast just on your processing oh, career here. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was so that was it. That was the start. I got on that boat, and there was what was the first progression from moving from that plant environment in, into the stepping foot on a boat from that processor. So it was a hundred eighty foot processor, right? I did a couple contracts on that boat. And then from there, I went to the trawler. I got on the Arctic trawler. That was fishing. You know, that boat fished. So then so that was where the step was. So that was going from just butchering crab and doing whatever. So you're on a 180-foot boat butchering mm -hmm. crab that doesn't move, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you moved to the Arctic trawler. How big is the Arctic trawler? How many people are on it was there? Three, it was 300 feet. Uh -huh. 300 feet. And it would leave Seattle and go up to Alaska and then come back to Seattle. Um, so it was catching the product. There was 40 of us on there. It was catching it and processing it yeah. at the same time, right? Cod. So. All and what, what was your responsibility on the vessel? When I started out, I was in the factory, obviously, you know, so just greenhorn working in the factory, and then started started being a combi. So you'd move up on deck when they when they hauled back and, and set the nets. I started doing that, and that was it. Once you worked in a factory for a little while, and you looked up on deck and you saw the deck, it was like that's where I, that's where I want out of here, right? Okay. I want out of the factory. And how long were you on that vessel, or in that in that uh, kind of? I was of on a... there for two years, I think. Okay. Two or three years. I met my wife on there. Really? She was yep. working on there? Yep, she was Susan. working on there, yep. Okay. There was a bunch... There, we might uh, have to get her on the, on one of these sometime maybe, and tell the story of how a, yeah. how a young lady ends up on a yep. processing vessel exactly. in the early 80s. Yeah, it was it was a different world back yeah. then, man. It was a different world. But there was women and men on that boat. Like, I think there is on factory trawlers now, but there was only... 
I'm not. I don't even know if there was 40 of us on there. There might, yeah, like 30 people or something on a big boat like mm-hmm. that, and mm-hmm. and it was family. Brent Paler was on there. He now is the cap of the uh, Island Enterprise. Okay. okay. He was in my room, so we shared a room, and it was family. And a bunch of us got married off that boat. So just real quick, since you mentioned rooms on that particular boat, uh-huh. was there just two guys to a room, or was there a lot of two man rooms, a lot of four man rooms, and some people then single well, rooms? What about that of. first boat? Six man room. Yeah, because first boat I was ever on, it was a twelve man bunk yeah. room. Yeah. I mean, it was holy room. hell. Yeah. You had to crawl in sideways yeah. to get in and hope that you didn't sneeze. The speedwell had pallets on the floor because the water was running through the stateroom. Oh goodness! It was freaking goodness. Filthy. It was oh, filthy. Man, horrible. So, so now we're two years on the Arctic trawler. Yep, two years we're, on the Arctic trawler. We're up trawler. there. We're mostly working the deck now, right? Because yep. we're moving right along. Yep. So where's our step now to get on on some of these uh, more pristine boats that you currently yeah. operate? From there, today? I went to the Northern Glacier, right, and went to the Northern Glacier and worked on there for a year, I think. How big a boat was and that? And that's a nice boat. That was. That was smaller. I think it was 250, something like that. But it was a Norwegian-built boat, and, well, really nice. That was a step into the isn't that nicer. A, isn't that a gimme when you say Norwegian, that it's going to be a very yeah, nice boat? Yeah, I Probably suppose, operated yeah, well. Yeah, well I suppose so, yeah. Different world. Definitely a different feel when you're working on a Norwegian boat. But So that was kind of a, okay, things can get nicer. you know? Because mm-hmm. the Arctic trawler was... Back then, it was a nice boat and everything. You're but still it thinking of the nice, speed, nice. whatever it was, right? You're still the thinking of that nightmare, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So then, where yeah. do we go from here? So from there, I went to Arctic Alaska, and I went on the Bering Enterprise as deck boss. That's when I that's when I made the step to deck boss was on the Bering Enterprise. I worked on that boat for a few years, running the deck and and doing that kind of stuff. Also a processor. That was a catcher processor. Yep, mm-hmm. head and gut okay. boat. Okay. So that did head and gut, right? Rock sole and. They have freezers on board, mm-hmm. they freeze it up, they yep. pass it off to ten a tramper day trips. or to a... Oh, okay, yeah. so you came back into town and dropped yep. off. Yeah, 10-day trips, yeah, okay. at a Dutch Harbor. Yeah, so I worked on there for a few years, and that was when you start. I started to uh, do some licensing stuff then, at that point. Getting, started getting those ticks off there. Yeah, getting, the, getting figuring out stuff for licensing, because then from there you, you start realizing, okay, where am I going, you know, because the deck's great, but where's the next step? Right. And the next step for me is the wheelhouse. Engine room, a lot of lot of guys, most of the captains in the fleet, honestly, came from the engine room. And I didn't. I'm one of the few that just never made that step Spent down. So much, time on, so, so much time on deck, you thought you'd just run up yeah. instead of running down. Yeah, so so it was yeah straight to the straight to the wheelhouse. And when, and when did that occur for you? You know what vessel? Arctic 1. The Arctic 1. So I was on the Bering Enterprise right for okay. a few years, mm-hmm. and then you started hearing about catcher boat. There was joint venture stuff that had, had been going on, but... You started to hear this talk about catcher boats and only a few guys on a boat, right? So you want to try that, right? So oh, yeah. something and new. more money, you know, oh, yeah. less crap going on, Grass you know, is greener, less people. But it really is greener, right? So it was. So I went to the Arctic One, which was not a step up in any way, right? That's a hundred. It was a hundred foot boat, bender boat, old, not very stable, but it was a catcher boat, and we did it, you know. So that was that was kind of my step into how many that, guys on that, that boat. Five of us. Oh, so now it's now you're into the small, compact yeah. confines of we got to get along or somebody's going to go overboard, right? Yep, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Somebody's going to fall off going pee in the night. Yep, yeah. yep. And at that point, back up a little bit, but before that, alcohol and drugs, wide open. On the boats? and On the boats, and everybody was doing it, and wide open. Totally different world. Going to Arctic Alaska, that was my first, That they had drug and alcohol policy, and it was serious, yeah. right? Didn't screw around. You'd get off the boat. You know, you'd go to Dutch, and they'd give everybody 200 bucks and free-for-all, right? Seeing it, seeing it yeah. 24 hours. Seeing it 24 hours yeah. or whatever, yeah. 
no drinking on the boat, no drugs on the boat. So total change. I mean, big time change. When you got on the catcher boats, little withdrawals there. No, well, I don't know about so much. Just different, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. just totally different, different mentality, and, but mindset. way safer. I yeah. mean, there's no doubt. It was fun back then, but it was insane. I mean, it was freaking crazy, and and that needed to go away, you know. Yeah, and it yeah. has, and it's been great for the, you know. There's a reason, you know. We don't lose boats now. There's a there's a reason we, you know, we don't lose as many guys and have as many injuries and the all that stuff. Captain's not drunk, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or the, you know, the captain's drunk and the whole crew's for you know whatever. But so it, it seems that you you built uh, at least in the initial part of your career, building it up on the processing vessels, moving up on the deck, and then mm -hmm. finally into into the wheelhouse mm -hmm. of the Arctic one. Is that the first boat that you went up in the wheelhouse in? It is. Yeah, that's the first and, boat. I was I was the mate on that boat. And, and where did and you it was an unlicensed boat. We but Arctic Alaska still they wanted all their guys to be licensed and all that stuff. So. I said at the beginning of the podcast, we caught a big fish when we got you to come talk to us today. But uh, the reason being is you run a licensed vessel now. You're yep. required to, I mean, yep. everything has to be on point. Yep. How did you get to this point now from, from where you were at? To the sovereignty? Yeah. From that, really, Article Alaska, it was a it was kind of a weird story to, to get on the sovereignty. I had no idea. I was on the Arctic one. We came in from a season, and they basically told us when we hit the dock, hey, guess what? The Arctic one's being sold. So we were out of jobs. All of us were out of jobs. They, they took that boat to the East Coast. It was a mad scramble to what am I going to do now when I got home. Just got a phone call. And they had some stuff going on on the Sovereignty where the captain on the boat was kind of got shoved off the boat for a little bit for like a, a, a brief period of time because he'd, he'd made some mistakes or whatever. The mate thought he should get that job and didn't. So he quit. And it just happened just like that. I got a phone call and said, hey, do you want to job on the sovereignty? Because I had that license. These papers worth some money, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so I drove down and that was it. I was on and it that's, was from day one. That was, it was, what a dream job. That's, that's Just a awesome. freaking dream job. So now, how long have you been fishing then in total? I mean, we're talking so about from the time. So it's almost 38 years. 38 years. Yeah. From the time that 16-year-old kid in parachute pants <laughs> and a mullet got off in Agatha. Yeah, yep. 38 right. years. Awesome. Yeah, a long time, man. So during that time, You've probably had at least one experience that's really stuck with you, and I'm, I mean a scary experience. Mm -hmm. uh, can you think of one that and, and give us a little? There's been some stuff, but I honestly, I'm probably one of the luckiest fishermen up there. I've never had a really serious life and death situation up there. Scaredest of scared the most scared I've ever been was sitting on that island at 16 years old, sitting on that beach, waiting for that skiff to come. That was as scared I, as I've ever I been. I don't think we can get a better story than that. Yeah, that was, that was as good. scared as I've ever been. But the, the, the has, most... Has there been some funny stuff then? Oh, tons of funny stuff. Oh, oh yeah. I I mean, there's, there's there's been scary stuff for sure, but just no real... When I was on the Arctic Trawler, we lost power in Unimac Pass. We blew a main engine in Unimac Pass. My wife was on the boat at the time. And we lost everything. So they lost the mains, and that was diesel-electric back then on that boat so we lost the mains they had the emergency generator fired up and they were so busy screwing around downstairs trying to get the, it was 40 footers for sure in the past and that boat just rolled like a pig right so we're rolling like crazy and people are freaking out there's people on there that How i don't think we ever did time. a drill on that boat i don't think really i, I really? don't think so maybe we did do some drills but there wasn't much of that stuff and, and people were freaking right rolling portholes open portholes taking water through them i mean just rolling like crazy and they they ran the emergency generator out of fuel and it died so black ship sounds like they had a stuff. good chief right yeah, yeah. It, well 
people were hammered. It was, oh, it was okay. like Friday so night. Wasn't still in oh, back then, days. back in those days, yeah, Saturday night was party night, and everybody freaking did it, right? So Even see, it, was, it was Saturday night, and people yeah. were hammered, right? So all this is going on, and and uh, we wound up, they wound up trying to get some lines to a boat, and I was a combi at that time, so I was trying to help, but. I had really no idea what to do either. Nobody really had any idea what to do. That seems like a pretty we wound scary up, experience. We wound up getting a boat alongside and just smashed the shit out of it. And they drug us into uh, Lost Harbor. And we sat in Lost Harbor for a week trying to get that thing going. But that was probably the most dangerous thing I've ever uh -huh. I've ever seen, you know? Well, that's that, pretty good in 38 years at sea. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's a scary experience, yeah, though. I mean, Anytime I've, you're not, I don't have any power. Yep. I've, I've been in the water a couple times, but it's just been... Splashed in the water. Wait a minute, you've been in the water. Yeah, I've been in the water. Yeah, I'm like gonna... on purpose or just a totally on accident. No, I got knocked. In, yeah, I got knocked in the water one time, but it was calm and it wasn't any big. You know, it was it was no danger to it. Just got out of the water, so not a place you want to be, though. Never been in a big fire. Just I've, I've been really, really lucky, and you know, lucky. honestly, part of that is in my mind is picking the right boat after the speedwell and the you know some of that stuff, but. You weren't going to find Picking yourself the being right that. Boat. You weren't going to find yourself being that kid on the beach anymore. No, were you? no, no. So yeah, lucky, but funny stuff, Ben. Uh, Give us a good one. Come on. Well, it's, there's a couple. Okay, so I was on this long liner one time. This isn't even that. I don't know if it's funny or not, but I was I was on a 90 foot long liner in the midst of when I don't even remember when. Long right? liners, what? Throwing out the a throwing line, out the hooks, hooks on yeah, it, tub right? gear. Yeah, I don't even remember how it happened, but something happened, and I was like, I'll go do it for a, for a winter. On this ninety foot long liner up in the Pribilofs. A little Hot. spare time. Yeah, it was it was tub gear, so it was all hand baited and it was freaking brutal. We'd leave Dutch Harbor and you'd have to bait gear all the way up to the Pribilofs. It was just a shit show. But anyway, we got something in the wheel at one point in the up in the Pribs and nobody on the boat knew what to do about it. So I'd done a couple dives in my life. So I'm like, I'll go, I'll go down there. I'll swim down there. So I put a survival suit on, and they get a regulator and hook a regulator up to the freaking air supply coming off a generator or something, which now I know I probably should have died anyway, right? But so I jump over the side in this survival suit, and I got to have a bunch of weight on. So I got a bunch of weight on to get enough to get down there, and I get down, and I'm wrapping myself around the Because the survival suit's supposed to be keeping you it's floating, supposed to keep right? you floating, right. So I got all this chain so you throw and shit. I got this chain and shit wrapped around me, and I got this hose going into my face, right, that's just pumping air in. And I'm all strapped up, trying to trying to get down, and I wrap myself around the freaking thing, and, and, and the... The wheel is just coated in line, right? And it's melted around it, and I got a Victor Knox, and it took me like two hours to cut this stuff out of there. With the hose in your mouth. Yeah, with the hose just going into my mouth, and I'm like, I'll do it! You know, and come to find out that, you know, I probably should have died from breathing that Whatever it was, engine, they were engine exhaust going in there. But anyway, yeah, so that was one. But the funny, the, really the funniest thing I can think of is I was on the, I've been on a ton of boats, right? So we're not going to get to all the boats I've been on, but... I was on a factory trawler called. It was another Norwegian boat. It's, it's no longer here. It got it got uh, decommissioned. It wasn't the Saga Sea, but the Valiant. Okay, it was the Valiant. Royal Princess used to be, but it was the Valiant. Really, really nice factory trawler. It was in the summer. Susan was pregnant, and we were going out to do a trip. We'd done a couple trips. We were offloading in St. Paul, and we were going out to do a trip. Lauren Perry on the on one of the other boats calls up the captain and says, "Hey, Jeff's wife's gonna deliver." She's, she's going to have the baby. He needs to get off the boat. So the captain of the Valiant 
cool guy, super cool guy. Couldn't believe he did it, but he turned the boat around. We were going out. He turned the boat around, goes, and there's there was a couple other people that had to get off. So there was like six of us that needed to get off, me you, included. You, you were the straw in that Saint broke Paul. the camel. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But he turns around, and he didn't want to go back into the harbor because the harbor in there is terrible in St. Paul, and it's a, it was a big boat. So I, he didn't want to do that. So he pulls around to the end of the island and anchors up and takes a skiff, and there's I think there's five or six of us. Puts us in the skiff and draw, takes us over to the beach. And somehow or another, he contacted somebody. Oh, they'll, they'll get you. So it was a nice <laughs> this day. This is Akutan again. It was did a nice you, day. Did you have parachute pants on at Didn't this have point? parachute pants on, no. But drops us all off with our bags. And there's like a couple of women there, a couple of, you know, and they got their bags and they're trying to get off. So there's like six of us. Dumps us on the beach and they take off because they got to go and blah, blah, blah. And we start walking. And he's like, oh, just go down this way. So we start walking down the beach, right? Three or four hundred yards to this road. We can kind of see where the road is. And there's freaking sea lions. It's like a sea lion rookery where he dropped us off. So as we're walking down this beach, these sea lions start coming out. And they're freaking barking at us. And it gets a little scary. And there's this lady. And she's freaking out. Right? She's trying to run almost to the water. To get into the water to get away from this thing. And I'm just like, oh my god. So we, you know, I'm kind of shielding her and these sea lions. And, and you've seen them, like, right? Oh, they're yeah, they're yeah. big. And they're freaking, these are stellar sea lions. That, and they're barking they get that whole neck roll. Oh, yeah. They got their yet. babies there, you oh, know. Yeah. And so we we do this big, long walk in our, in our go-home gear, you know, up this beach. And we finally get up there with all these sea lions barking at us. And there's a truck sta- sitting there. And they take us to the airport. And, of course, we get stuck for three days, which worked out okay because she was actually, she didn't have the baby. I made it for the baby, but. Just, just unbelievable. Just drops us up on the beach, and, and there we go. That's a really good story. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It's, it's hard for me just, to sit over here and contain myself to not laugh I while know, you're telling it. I know. There's so many, man. There's just so so many things that happen up there. It's it's the coolest job in the world. It and really you is. And you came from no one in your family being a part of fishing. Mm-mm. Uh, no history of it. But but now, Alaska, when Susan though. was pregnant, she had... This is is this when Nick was born? No, that was when Sarah was. No, that was that was when Nick was born. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd already okay. had we'd already had Sarah. So and now and now where's Nick now? Today? Nick's on the boat. Yeah, he's, he's fishing. Yep, he's on the boat with me. Uh-huh. Yep, he did a couple of summer gigs, tendering. He's twenty five now. Making making sure it's something you wanted to do. Yeah. Twenty five. He off did that a couple boat. summer things, and he was working with my brother for a while, and and then it just it just kind of happened that this spot opened up. One of my deckhands decided to go do something else, and it just worked. And man, it's it's. It, I was nervous about it at first. Susan was super nervous about it. You know, it's a weird dynamic to have your kid on the boat. Well, yeah, you know, if something bad goes wrong, yeah, it's going bad yeah, for two I'm, people. You know, you know sitting that. up in the wheelhouse when it's shitty out, and I'm watching him, and you know, it's it's. But it's just been great, man. It, Craig Jensen was actually. We were we were down at the boat yesterday, and he was watching Nick and I run some wires, and just go, man, that's just so cool, you know. And it really is. It's really, what, really a cool thing. What what I find cool about it is, I was out to lunch with it the other day with Nick, and he talking to to your mate Dominic, and yeah. he says, uh, says, you know, you know, Tom, I don't think that lights ever work. That there's no the positive and negative are both black. That that wiring is so old. I've never seen that light on. Like he had, yeah. like he had seen this boat <laughs> and 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 knew what he was talking about from a very young age. Yeah. The, the statement was so matter of fact that I've never seen that light work before. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a really good head on his shoulders for sure, and and he's engine room guy. He so he's is going completely different from me. Yeah, completely steps. different from me. He is he's all about uh, mechanics. How does that feel to be passing on a legacy? Oh, dude, it's like it's awesome. It's fantastic. Like I said, you worry about it first. You know, you're nervous about it at first, and you you're not you're unsure. But I mean, it's just worked out great. I mean, he's working for the. 
in my opinion, the best company in, in the Bering Sea. Safest. And he's working on the best boat in the fleet. Yeah. You know, safest, most stable, you know, best producing boat in the fleet. It, it, it doesn't get any better now. You know, nice. it's just absolutely awesome. He's, you know, he's got a house and. 25 years old. 25 owns his, years owns old. Owns his own home. And, and he's just, he's going places. I mean, it's so just. What advice would you give for folks that are listening that have, that have no experience in this at all, but maybe are. Because we, we need fresh blood in our fleet. Not only we in do. our fleet, but in our industry. We do. What advice would you give to someone sitting back in Bury in Washington right now, 16 and a half years old with parachute mm -hmm. pants on and a mullet? Yeah. First, it'd probably be change clothes and get a haircut, right? But, <laughs> absolutely. But after that, I mean, yeah, what advice absolutely. would you give those kids that are out there really want to make a, a change in their life? Well, I mean, for me, it's all it's all about just sticking with it. You know, it's... It's really hard for, for kids nowadays to come up there, to, to think about going up there because you give up so much. It's it's such a different lifestyle. It is the best job in the world and, and, and there's plenty of jobs out there. There's plenty of work out there. It's just put your head down and work. Put your head down and get to work. That's what it is for me. That's what Nick's got, you know, somehow. You got that from me? Obviously and got his, it from, and his from you mom, and your wife. Who, yeah, and his mom. But th those jobs are out there, and I, I just, you know, I get on, I can get on a rant about the, the whole homeless thing around here and the, you know, our, our, the way our Seattle is, you know, our city. and It's laziness, man. It's friggin' laziness, and I won't go off on it, but it that's what it is, and it needs to, when you, when a young kid, if they can just, there's, there's so much work up there. Yep. I mean, you think about our plant, how many people they hire, tried it, up there at Akitan, and it you know there's work. People just need to. We, we've got to get we got to get our kids to, to work towards it a little more. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is, but I, but I I do know that probably is to just work, right? It's just to, to work. It's just take a chance at it. Yeah, go after it. You know, because it's there. And you know, well, and it used to be you you know too. You were so hungry for a job. I mean, for me anyway, I would walk the docks. Mm -hmm. And ask every boat. I would mm -hmm. knock on every boat mm -hmm. and ask if there was a job, if I yeah. could do anything. I I found myself at Fisherman's Terminal diving underneath someone's boat with no. I didn't have the the engine the hose or nothing. Yeah. And but I also didn't have on uh, a survival suit. But found myself scraping barnacles off the bottom of his boat for him with mm -hmm. a putty knife. Mm -hmm. That's what he wanted, and I, I, you know that's what I was going to do. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Work ethics changed a bit, but there's still a lot of kids out there that are hard working. There is, and it's harder. You I know, mean, your you, son's a, an example of that. Yeah, it's harder. You can't just fly up there and get on. You know, you've got to go through the the procedures, and and, and it can be difficult. And you know, the, the whole drug thing, the marijuana thing, is a whole another aspect of it because you can't do that up there. But, and that makes it hard because I, it, it, I think it's a good solid start to start the way that you did going up you know proving you can do it on a processing boat you know pulling mm -hmm. guts is tough mm -hmm. but by God if you can do that you can do mm -hmm. I mean in Alaska I mean I've done it I mean mm -hmm. if you can if you could pull guts for for three months mm -hmm. you can do anything yeah. I mean there's nothing I, that you can't yeah do. and I mean you know if school's for you and you can hey man go for it right I'm just here to say if it's not if you can't I couldn't do it. I could not go to school. I just couldn't freaking do it, right? It just wasn't for me. I needed to get out there and use my hands and work, and it can work. I mean, look at me. I'm a, I'm a prime example. I mean, I, I knew nothing. I went up there and busted my ass and never gave up and and made it, and I think that boy, can happen. Boy, 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 did you. Okay, well, uh, that's going to be about all the time we got, Jeff. I, I can't thank you enough for stopping by. Right on, man. It's been great. Yeah, it's, it's been great. It's been really cool. Uh, guys, it's uh, Mark Ayler with Galley Stories. Tune in next time. Before I let you go, please take the time to like and subscribe 
and maybe even comment on the podcast you just heard. Follow us on Twitter at Galley Stories. You can also email in any suggestions, comments, concerns, questions to mark at galleystories.net. Look forward to hearing from you.